0: Lot of hype and a lot of excitement this offseason for the Steelers wide receivers. But while there's a lot of potential, there's an awful lot of questions as well. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. While the Steelers receiver room has gotten a lot of press and a lot of excitement around them with the additions of George Pickens and Calvin Austin III and the return of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. There's a lot of questions remaining. First off, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are the only receivers returning with at least 40 receiving yards. That's it. Just two. The Steelers went out and drafted George Pickens and Calvin Austin the third. They have some potential depth, veteran depth on the roster, but really... The wide receiver room is going to be focused on Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And I would argue, and I'm going to make the, the argument here, that there's a lot of questions about those two that need to be answered. Let's start with Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson had a fantastic season in 2021 when you look at his total production. Over 1,000 yards, 1,161 yards, eight touchdowns. He was second in the NFL in targets. He had a really good season. He dropped the ball less, showed the same ability to get off the line of scrimmage, showed the same strength in his route running. One of the higher end route runners in the NFL. But I've got to ask, is he an actual star or is he, like, a, a good starter? Is he a legit number one receiver? Is he a really, really good number two receiver? These are questions I have, and one of the reasons I have them is since Deontay Johnson joined the Steelers, obviously the quarterback position has not been what we were used to in 2017, 2018, and before then. As an example, especially last year, Last year, Ben Roethlisberger threw 12 touchdowns to wide receivers. 8 to Deontay Johnson, 2 to Chase Claypool, and 2 to James Washington. 12 receiving touchdowns from wide receivers. That was the lowest total touchdowns thrown to wide receivers by Ben Roethlisberger of his career, tying his 2004 season where he threw 12, reception, 12 touchdowns to wide receivers. Now you got to remember in 2004, the Steelers barely ever went three wide receivers. Hines Ward, Plexigo Burris, Antoine Randall But Antoine Randall didn't play all that much. That was mostly a running offense. And he threw 12 touchdowns to wide receivers that season while throwing not that many passes total. In 2021, he threw the same amount while throwing a lot more passes. That 12 receiving touchdowns is one more than the team mustered in 2019, when they threw 11 touchdowns to wide receiver. And for the first game and a half, Ben Roethlisberger was the starter, and he threw zero. That means basically in 14 and a half games of Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, the Steelers threw 11 receiving touchdowns, two wide receivers in 2019, 14 and a half games. In 17 games of Ben Roethlisberger in 2021, there were 12. If that isn't, to me, the best sign of his drop-off, especially last season, and his ability to really challenge defenses with his arm, with his ability to throw the football, I don't I don't know what else is. That, to me, is the best sign of it. He just couldn't get the ball into the end zone. He didn't have it anymore. In that situation, Deontay Johnson scored eight touchdowns and put up 1,161 yards. That sounds really good for Deontay Johnson. Massive volume in targets, good volume in results, very poor efficiency rate marks, but the whole team's passing offense had poor efficiency marks. Some concerns about Deontay Johnson are his numbers on passes 15 yards plus downfield. They're terrible. He's among the worst uh, receivers on passes 15 yards plus downfield to play with Ben Roethlisberger, period, for his entire career. I believe he's right there with uh, Darius Hayward Bay. That kind of level of efficiency on downfield passes. Now, obviously, Deontay Johnson did not get to play with Ben Roethlisberger in 2018 or before, but Chase Claypool played with him in 2020 and 2021, the same as Deontay Johnson, has much better numbers. Not great numbers, but significantly better than what Deontay Johnson has done with downfield passes. There's a question there. If Deontay Johnson isn't a down-the-field receiver, if that's not a thing he is going to be good at. then then what's his value? Is he the kind of receiver that on a not good offense, he can rack up volume targets because he can get open short, fantastic route runner, has good solid hands, not great. Is he the guy who can be a number one receiver on a good offense? Because that we haven't seen from him. When Everything else failed around him. Ben Roethlisberger relied on Deontay Johnson. When Ben Roethlisberger relied on Deontay Johnson, the offense wasn't scoring points. You know, there's a dilemma there. There's a question there to me. Let's go to Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool had just under 900 yards in 2021. Similar numbers to 2020. In 2020, he had nine touchdowns. In 2021, he had two. There's a question mark with Chase Claypool. Obviously, Chase Claypool, let's go through his strengths and weaknesses. Chase Claypool to me is, I I said from his start when they drafted him, I thought he was more of an X receiver than a Z. I thought he was not the guy who's a contested catch deep threat. My initial article on him, uh, just going off college film, uh, said he's a much better route runner of the full route tree than he is deep threat, but he was being championed as a deep threat because he's big and he's fast. So obviously he's a deep threat, but that's not really his game. He's good at all the other routes much better than he is just go deep, get up, op- you know, go up and jump up and catch the ball, which is where his physical attributes should say he is going to be good. That's That's where you would naturally expect him to be good, but he's not good at that. In fact, he's actually pretty bad at that. He's great on slants, he's great on posts, ins, outs, hooks, all, all the normal routes. He's good at. He's more of an ex-receiver, and that shows up when Deontay Johnson was out, and Chase Claypool was the X receiver His huge game, his first season against Denver, game against Philadelphia, Mason Rudolph's game, Against the Browns, he was the X receiver. When he is the X receiver, you see almost all of his most productive games. When he's the Z receiver, not as much. He did better in the slot than he did in the Z, as a Z receiver. The Steelers are looking at moving him to the slot this year. That's probably where he's going to play the most. He should be better than he was outside at that Z spot. If he can go off in the slot and have a really great season this year, there's a chance they could let Deontay Johnson go, move Chase Claypool out to the X receiver spot, and let him be that guy because he produces better there. But there's something that goes along with this X receiver production, X receiver targets that needs to be addressed when we discuss who these receivers are. And that is Ben Roethlisberger and his ex-receiver. Now, the ex-receiver is the receiver who's out by himself. Not with a tight end, not with a slot receiver. He's out mostly by himself. You have to play up on the line. You have to be able to get off of of bump coverage because you can't be off the line. You have to cover that tackle. That ex-receiver, in return, for having to be up on the line and deal with defenders, has the least ability for the defense to help his cornerback. Because there's more space between that receiver and the rest of the offense than any other player. That player is out by themselves more than any other player. Which means the more players you have near them, the less defense you have where the all the rest of the players are. If you cheat a safety over to be over there close to the X receiver, well, you've opened up the middle of the field for deep passes for literally anyone but that guy. If you move a linebacker over to cover short, it opens things up. This is why the whole offense ran better when Antonio Brown was out there because Antonio Brown at the X demanded that you move other players towards him and away from the entire rest of the offense. Ben Roethlisberger loved that X receiver. Partly because with that extra space, if you get a good route from your X receiver and a great throw, which you reliably got from Ben Roethlisberger most of the time, you got great throws. It's almost undefendable. A good route and a great throw from the X receiver against one cornerback is undefendable. It's almost entirely undefendable. And that means they have to cheat over there, or you can just throw there all day. And if the rest of your offense can force them to not cheat over to the X receiver, you can just keep throwing to the X receiver. When Heinz Ward was leading the Steelers in receptions, he was the X receiver. When Santonio Holmes moved there, as Hines Ward had been injured and slowed down, Hines moved into the slot, was kind of a tougher Z receiver at that point, more of a possession guy than the main receiver. Santonio Holmes puts up his best year. Mike Wallace becomes the X receiver, puts up great stats. Loses that job to Antonio Brown. He puts up great stats. All those receivers we sit there and look at and say, when they left the Steelers, they didn't do as well. They were X receivers when they produced their best on the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, in 2020, took over as the X receiver. And his stats went up. When Chase Claypool moved to the X receiver, his stats were the best. When Deontay Johnson came back and took over the X position, he dominated the play again. Part of the question we have to ask about these receivers and their production and where they play best and and do all these things is Ben Roethlisberger and the X receiver was a natural fit. If you were Ben Roethlisberger's ex receiver, you were going to get the most targets. And you were probably going to be productive because he's going to put good throws in your direction. There's a lot of question about who Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are. Deontay Johnson, almost exclusively an ex-receiver. He's not a slot receiver. He doesn't work out there. My question with Deontay Johnson as an ex-receiver is how much of his production was the volume he received being Ben Roethlisberger's ex-receiver, especially last season When Ben no longer trusted his arm, no longer trusted his downfield throws as much, and relied heavily on underneath routes, where a good route runner is a great asset. A valuable, valuable asset. In 2022, Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback. And we're going to see how that division of passes goes. Normally the X receiver is your number one receiver, and normally they get more targets. That should hold up. But Ben Roethlisberger took that farther than most quarterbacks, especially last season with Deontay Johnson. Not confident we're going to see that kind of production again. Really quickly, I want to cover where these guys are going to play. Deontay Johnson is going to be the X receiver, which means he should get more targets than pretty much anyone else as long as he holds on to that X receiver spot. Chase Claypool, in two wide receiver sets, is going to be on the strong side of the formation. That's where he's going to play. And when they move to three wide receiver sets, I would expect him to slide inside to the slot. That appears to be what they want him to do. In 11 personnel with three wide receivers, he's going to be the slot guy. But I expect he's still going to be the Z receiver when you have... Just two wide receivers, which actually, funny enough, is a throwback to the Todd Haley days. When your Z receiver, as, as the old coach, uh, Coach Mann, Richard Mann used to say, the Z receiver slides into the slot. We're going to see that again. Chase Claypool is going to be the Z receiver, and then he's going to slide into the slot, the same as Juju used to do. I'm going to stop there for our first half of our show. I think those are the major questions for those two guys. But there's so much talent and depth that is, that is unknown, that has not really done anything for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Left to talk about. I'm going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll get into it George Pickens, Calvin Austin III, Anthony Miller, Cody White, Miles Boykin, lots of names still left to talk about. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by Behind the Steel Curtain and the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. Make sure you're checking out all of the podcasts. You can get them out right here, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can listen to all the Behind the Steel Curtain family podcasts. You can also head on the internet and check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the best way to keep up on all your Steelers news, information, talk, discussion, everything. Whatever, Whatever you want, we got it. Make sure you're checking out Behind the Steel Curtain and all of our Steelers coverage. In the first half of this episode, we talked almost exclusively about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, where they fit into this offense, and questions about how they'll how they'll do without Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback, which is a valid question. As we've seen in the past, when people leave the Steelers, their careers are different, very different, than they are when they're on the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger was a different animal. Hall of Fame quarterback. Now we're going to look at the players who are new to the Steelers and are going to forge a wide receiver group without Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to be definitional to what the passing game post-Ben Roethlisberger looks like. And we're going to start with George Pickens. Pickens was selected in the second round of the 2022 NFL draft. George Pickens is a contested catch guy, which is something Mike Tomlin loves. It's the entire reason James Washington was on this roster. But where James Washington... Brought, contested catchability, and that's pretty much it. He's never been a good route runner. He's never really shown he can get open. He doesn't have enough speed to just run open, and he never really developed his route running enough to get open with his lack of speed. George Pickens brings good route running, good enough at least. He's physical in his routes to win them. He's physical on his releases. He gets off the ball well. He gets separation, and he comes down with the football. George Pickens has the potential to be a big time receiver in this NFL. Big time. If you can bring down, if you can beat a cornerback one on one on a deep ball, it opens up so much else in the offense. Especially if the other team has to sit there and consider that even if you have good coverage on him, he can still make the play. Right? If he's still a big threat, even with good 1v1 coverage, then how do you defend him? You've got to bring help. You've got to cheat off to jump those deep routes. You've got to do things that open up the rest of his game. He is a receiver that if he works on his game, stays healthy, and he just produces, you're going to see a chance for him to be a star. He's definitely got that ability as a rookie, I don't expect him to to play a ton. He does have to adjust to the NFL. But with his specific skill set, I think you're going to see a rookie season similar to what we saw from Martavis Bryant and Mike Wallace in his usage. I expect him to be the outside receiver, outside of the slot receiver and three wide receiver sets, which I love the idea of George Pickens lining up right next To chase Claypool, that's a lot of size and speed. That's a whole lot of size and speed right there to deal with. Those are two guys that can burn you deep in different ways, but they can burn you deep. I think you'll see him in kind of that Mike Wallace role where Mike Wallace came in on three-plus wide receiver sets in 2009, sliding Hinesward into the slot, and he just basically attacked the other team deep every play. Every play opened up stuff for everyone else and also got open a decent bit of put up a put up a good amount of yards himself. I think we can see that kind of season from George Pickens. But here's the big deal. Obviously, this is Ben Roethlisberger stats. These numbers involve Ben Roethlisberger. So there's a lot of question as to whether that can be replicated without him. But Mike Wallace's rookie season. Martavis Bryant's rookie season, go look up the 2009 offense. Go look up the 2014 offense. Those offenses were incredible. Those offenses were incredibly productive. In large part because their number three wide receiver was this young, lightning-fast, deep threat that opened up everything else. And if you didn't properly contain them, They would make a play, and they would make you pay. George Pickens' goal in 2022 is to be that guy. That's our goal for George Pickens. Be that guy who the Steelers can put in, run deep, and the other defense has to deal with it. When you've got Pat Friermuth, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and the defense says we need to cheat a safety towards George Pickens your offense should work. your offense should thrive if George Pickens can be that guy and it doesn't take much if you if you're sitting there saying we've got to commit our best cornerback or two defenders in order to make sure that George Pickens doesn't just take one to the house right? He doesn't get past our number three cornerback and and burn us for a touchdown. If if he's that guy, then life is easier for everybody. We talked last season, we've talked the last two seasons about how the defense would cheat up and not respect the deep ball. If that is back, this offense is going to thrive. The offensive line's going to have an easier job. Pat Friermuth's going to have space to operate. Chase Claypool is going to be torch and safeties. Deontay Johnson is going to be open. He's not going to have people clogging his lanes by setting up shorter zones. That's what George Pickens could bring. That's what we hope he brings. Let's move on to Calvin Austin III. He's drafted later in the draft. He's very quick. He's very elusive. He has incredible route running. Great hands. In fact, if you could draw up your ideal X receiver in the NFL, Calvin Austin would meet every criteria but size. And the problem is his size. Because frankly, he's too small to play NFL football. And that's a thing. There have been plenty of players in the past, in the NFL, who come into the NFL and they were incredible college players. They have the talent to be nearly unstoppable. They have wicked fast speed, great route running, great hands, but they're just too small to make it in the NFL. Is Calvin Austin the third? another one of those or is he going to be one of those exceptions? Every rule has exceptions. If he can be that guy, he can be something very special. Tyreek Hill was one of those players. And look what he was able to do. You see them every once in a while show up and be great. Other times you see them come into the NFL and very quickly you find out they're just, they're not built for it. They're built to dominate college, but they just don't have the size. They just don't can't take the physicality in the NFL. We all hope you will make it, man. I, I would love to see it, and I think he has a good chance. Where he fits in this offense, first and foremost, is as a gadget guy. If you go four wide receivers, he's he should be your number four because you do just anything with him. You could do a set with Calvin Austin at wide receiver, George Pickens, Clay Poole, Johnson, and uh, Pat Friermuth. And you still got Calvin Austin. If he's if he's lined up like the like you've got two to one side, three to the other, and he's the tightest to the line of scrimmage, man, you can run little inside shovel passes with him as a mock run game. Screens, short passes, drag routes, all kinds of stuff. Little little stuff. Throw him in the backfield, run screens with him. You can do all kinds of stuff with this guy. I also think if he's going to make it in the NFL. He'll be your backup X receiver because, again, that X receiver has that extra space and being able to get off the line of scrimmage, which he does well, and win a route early, which he does exceptionally well, means you can do a lot of damage from that X receiver spot that you can't do when you're in more traffic. That's where I think Calvin Austin III fits. I think those are clearly your number your, your number three and number four receiver. George Pickens is clearly your number three guy. Uh, Calvin Austin is most likely your number four. But there's some competition there. And let's go through that. We're going to start with Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller, his first three years in the NFL, was the number three receiver, then the number two receiver, then the number three receiver on the Bears when he was there with Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky leaves for... The Bills, Anthony Miller is traded to the Houston Texans, and neither of them played. The Steelers acquired Miller from, from Houston. Didn't matter. He didn't play. Mitchell Trubisky and Anthony Miller have not played since leaving the Bears, but when they were together, they were very productive. If Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback, can Anthony Miller win a job? Win snaps, especially early on, when those rookies haven't fully adjusted. I think there's a chance he can, and if he's productive, and if Trubisky holds on to the quarterback job, I think he can stay around and keep a position. Another one is Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin's first two years in the NFL, his first season, his rookie season, he was the number four wide receiver on Baltimore. I'm not counting tight ends or running backs receiving. This is just wide receivers. He was number three the year after that. Then he was had a hamstring injury. He returned from that, had periodic injuries throughout the season, never got his snaps back. Instead, he played almost exclusively on special teams where he played at the level of an ace special teams guy. I think you're going to see him step right in, be a gunner, be, be, a, be a great special teamer with the chance of being the guy who comes in. As a backup X or Z, similar to a George Pickens role, if George Pickens isn't working out or if someone gets hurt, Miles Boykin could be in that role. There's Cody White. Cody White's only season on an inactive roster was in 2021, but his dad just took over the Steelers pro scouting department. His dad is the head of the Steelers pro scouting. He left Michigan State a year early for the NFL. He had one year he led the Michigan State uh, Spartans in receiving and then left early. Uh, He went undrafted. He's got great size. He's not a good athlete. If he plays, it's as a Z receiver, but it's a possession Z receiver. Think old Heinz Ward, but not as good as them. Those are your three that have been, that have gotten more, more press. Uh, Steven Sims is a name that jumps out at me. Steven Sims, 2020 season, to start that season, he was the guy on the, on the Washington Commanders uh, depth chart. He was the number two receiver, he was the starting kick returner, and the starting punt returner. He was injured. Didn't get, didn't, wasn't able to start the season. When he came back, he was in a depth role. He moved up quickly as an undrafted free agent to obviously being penciled in as the starter has never regained anything after that. His six games before that injury, 333 yards and four touchdowns. That's not bad at all for six games. You put that over an entire season, you're talking about 800 yards and 10 touchdowns somewhere around there. That's not shabby at all. not shabby at all. That's what he that's the pace he was on before he got hurt. Can he refine his mojo? There's another thing there's there's a trend miles Boykin, Steven Sims. Both had injuries. Anthony Miller, his last game as a Chicago Bear, he was ejected for punching another defensive back. He hasn't been a starter since. Hasn't been a major player in any offense since. Can these guys refine what they had? That's what the Steelers have done. They basically loaded up on them. Gunnar Olszewski, all-pro punt returner in 2020. 2021, not nearly as good. Can he refine his mojo? If not, you've got other options. There's Calvin Austin the third. He was a kick returner. You've got another interesting one: uh, undrafted free agent Tyler Sneed. Young man is five foot seven, five foot seven. He's basically a smaller version of Calvin Austin the third. Went to a smaller school. Is physically smaller. Did all the things. Calvin Austin III did was kick returner, punt returner, wide receiver. Just didn't have the production of a Calvin Austin the third. So he's he's kind of the smaller version of Calvin Austin the third. But he could he could do something. You never know. The Steelers wide receiver room has two guys that are mostly known commodities, in Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. But as I talked about in the first half of the show there's serious question marks is about who they are and how good they are. Then they bring in George Pickens, shows great potential. Can he do it? You know, you've you've got to actually do it in the NFL. You just can't show potential in train in training camp and in practices. If training camp and practices counted Justin Hunter would have been an all-pro. That's just when they got to the games he didn't do it. Calvin Austin the third. is he big enough? Can he make it despite his size? Other players have had similar talent levels and not made it because they're just too small. Then you got guys like Anthony Miller, Miles Boy, Steven Sims, all these questions as to who these guys are. Can they get back to who they were? Can they, you know, Can they adapt to the NFL game? There's all these question marks in the Steelers wide receiver room. There's a lot of promise, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement for this group. But there's a ton of questions. Personally, I think we'll see Deontay Johnson right around 1,000 yards. I think we'll see Chase Claypool right around 1,000 yards. I'm interested to see where the rest of them fall. I'm very interested to see that because there's a number of ways it could go. That's going to be my show for today. I, I kind of saved the wide receiver position for later in this series, hoping I'd get some more answers, hoping we'd get some more news. But really, it, it looks pretty set. Like, like I've said, it, it, looks pretty, it looks pretty set where these guys are going to play. The question is, who are they? How good are they? How good is this wide receiver group going to be? They could be fantastic. You could have three Pro Bowl-level players in George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson on this team. That's not a stretch. If you look at what players have done in the past. Could be. Or we could not. Anyway, that is my show for today. Thank you for listening. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers.